Hey there, Attack on Titan fans. Welcome to another episode of the Attack on Titan After Show on AfterBuzz TV. After nearly three years of us being off the air and almost four years of this show being off the air, we have finally returned to fight the Titans again. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. I don't know about you guys. I think it's been way, way too long. I was oh, talking about this has. on TV talk today, and I realized that I don't know what year it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, Attack on Titan. It's been like, I don't know, two and a half years. And they're like, Emma, that show was on in like 2013. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, it's 2015, right? No. The, well, the dub was out in 2014. Yeah, so it has fair. been two and yeah, a half yeah. years. Yeah, kind of. I mean, the last <laughs> Our last after show was in November of 2014. Yeah, that was before so my time. So it's been quite <laughs> some time. Speaking of, we have a wonderful panel with, here us, tonight, with us tonight. I can use words mm-hmm. in some yeah, capacity. Uh, to my left is the lovely Emma Fife. Hi, that's me. I'm Emma Fife. I can be found all over the internet, wherever Emma Fife's are sold, at my name, Emma Fife, E-M-M-A-F-Y-F-F-E. To her left is the lovely Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. You can find me on the social medias at Kiaje. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. And sadly, the lovely Alexis Torres is not here with us tonight. She is feeling a little ill. Please tweet at her at atorres890. Yes. Is that it? Um, Please tweet her your well wishes. We want her to get well soon. Uh, So... That she can join us on this panel and we can hear her thoughts as well. And I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can tweet at me at the Mangwin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. We are also going to be keeping an eye on the hashtag ABTV Titan. So uh, for those of you watching along with the live chat, we've also got you there. Mm-hmm. Um, guys. It's been so long since we've gotten Attack on Titan. The giant robot panel has reunited, but they're not robots. No, I mean... Just the giant things panel now. Yeah, I mean, I think you can throw kaiju in there. Sure. Yeah, as a genre. Kaiju, Gundams, I feel like all of it is relevant. Giant things fighting each other. Yeah, that, that is what we me. specialize yeah, in. Yeah, in a semi-supernatural <laughs> manner. <Yeah. laughs> well, um, for, for those of you who, who watched our panel way back in the day, sadly, mm-hmm. Dave and John cannot join us anymore, but I am so happy that we have Emma and Alexis here moving forward to talk this, about this awesome show with us. So, Emma, I wanted to ask you really yes. quick, um, for, for those who might not know, what sure. is your background with Attack on okay, Titan? Okay, so Attack on Titan was one of those series that I watched uh, circa 2000, I guess, 13. I, I Yeah, I watched it not too long after it had aired. And, and when they initially posted it, I don't know if Crunchyroll was so much even doing the simulcasts at that point. Because I feel like... I feel like it was becoming a new thing. But, like, when a show had a simulcast, right. it was like a big deal. So certainly yeah. by the time I watched it, it was all on there already. I did, I did not even think it was 2013, but it definitely was. Because that was around the time that I started really getting back into anime. And this was one of the first series that I watched. Yeah. So I... So I had heard from uh, a a good friend of mine, my friend Kelby, who does Love and Justice, my Sailor Moon podcast with me. Her husband, Sam, was not into anime at all. He did not like anime at all. But the two of them were watching Attack on Titan together, and he was really enjoying it. So I was like, all right, I gotta watch this show. So I watched the first episode, and I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm into. Um, That's pretty much everyone's yep. reaction to so the then, first episode, I think. So then I started watching Madoka instead. Three episodes into that, I went, oh, Madoka no! Is Hello, Darkness, my old friend. What did I get myself into? Uh, oh, God, it's a 
anime so trend. So I'm just kind of like back and forth between Model Con Attack on Titan, just like slowly dying. Did you also get like addicted to Prozac <laughs> at the same time? Jeez. Uh, yeah, but eventually I remember. Um, for whatever reason, I went, I think that it was, like, right after Halloween Horror Nights, uh, in, I, I had started watching it probably, like, September 2013, and then I went home to visit my parents during a random, like, slow season at Universal, and I just binged the rest of it, and, uh, yeah, and I, I loved it. It was, it was one of those things where at first it was like, I just really want to see some people, like, kick some ass, this is really sad, just seeing, like... All these people die. Yeah, also in horrible, Aaron, horrible. Also, ways. like, and that has not changed. <laughs> and I was like, huh. also, Aaron's like really angry and incompetent. But like, <laughs> and that has not changed. No, and I was like, but I kind of like Mikasa, and I, I kind of like all these other cadets that got introduced that now in season two are getting a little more character development. Yeah, so it's great. I am so excited uh, about that. Yeah, so I probably watched all. So as I say, I was switching back and forth between that and Madoka for a while, and then I probably had maybe like. I want to say 12 episodes or something left and I like watched all of those like over the course of two days so uh, for for me I definitely didn't get in like really into it until they killed Aaron and that mm. was when I was like oh I am in it to yeah, win it I agree that was the that was the like jumping off point for me too where I was like okay I'm ready to watch the rest of this now <laughs> and for me I'd, I'd actually seen gifts on Tumblr and went okay not, I know what my violence my cup of tea. I know what my violence threshold is I just watched someone get bitten in half this is this is not going to be a thing I ever do. And then we're sitting in the same room and she's watching it with her headphones on and she just starts laughing. I'm like, what are you watching? Attack on Titan. <laughs> really? Yeah. And it's Titan Aaron punching himself in the face. And that became, why are you hitting yourself? And that became me sitting down to watch the... Si- and I sat down for those few episodes and then I missed a bunch. And then the last like four or five were simulcasts. And I remember sitting down each week to watch them with you and closing the blinds so that the neighbors wouldn't... Because we had... The apartment had a full window that, uh, like a full wall window that looked out into the courtyard. And so anyone walking by could see in when we had the blinds open. So I remember turning on the lights and closing the blinds to watch Attack on Titan because there's only so many things the neighbors need to know about you. (laughs) And that was not one of them. (laughs) You don't want to show all of our neighbors the the epic gore fest that is the show? They had children! (laughs) There were little bitties running around in the courtyard. It was like, eh, let's not traumatize the neighbors. Yes. Yes. I, I was definitely taken aback by how violent yeah. the show was. Yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely one of those shows where you kind of if again if you have that certain threshold, like a lot of people can't do it. But I feel like a lot of people sit through it because it's such an interesting, compelling story. Me. Well, it is, <laughs> and and I mean, you know, I I compare it. Uh, in some ways, though, I think it's superior. I, I feel like our audience is probably going to agree with me, that, but there are many TV fans that probably don't. But I, I compare it a little bit to Walking Dead. Yes. From the point of view that it is very much... Well, yes, it yeah, the Titans are in it. That, they're definitely a big part of it. But a lot of it is kind of the exploration of, like, what becomes of humanity when society is kind of collapsing. Yes. And well, unlike it, Walking Dead, two or three people have plot armor and everyone else is kind of like... Well, that's well, that was where a lot yeah. of the early Walking Dead comparisons came for, uh, for the comic and the anime was because, much like Walking Dead was a couple years ago, it would get you really invested in these... Pretty, in, 
certain characters, and then it would unceremoniously murder them. And you would be left in such a state of shock. And and we can argue about whether or not shock value is actually a good narrative device because I feel like a lot of media just uses shock value of like, oh, this person's dead now. You're hooked. And I feel like actually Attack on Titan does that quite a bit, but in a way that doesn't feel cheap. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, like, season one, I remember being, like, devastated when Petra got killed. Um, Oh, my God, my heart. But, like, but I agree that they they don't go off, they don't go around just killing people all the time. It's more like Game of Thrones deaths. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, they kill main characters with a lot of regularity, but it doesn't feel like they just do it for shock factor. And yeah. also, like Game of Thrones, every now and then a dead person's not actually dead. <laughs> hey, um, so speaking, unless it's the TV version. Speaking of, uh, I feel like that's a good point to start talking about these two episodes in mm-hmm. particular. Real quickly, because chat's talking about the manga, I think we oh, need yes. to lay down the spoiler moratorium. Um, guys, not everybody on this panel has read this portion of the manga Um, so we would like to ask you to be very courteous and not leave spoilers for the manga in uh, in the comments section of our video we we love your enthusiasm and I definitely under like during the way I certainly couldn't wait I read a little bit ahead Um, but here's the thing is that for the purposes of this after show, we would really appreciate it if you guys would hold off because a lot of people didn't read the manga. A lot of people wanted to wait to watch the show as it came out so they yeah. would be just as surprised for season two as they were for season one. Mm-hmm. Well, so, and we've only read to a certain point. We're not caught up either. So yeah. the chat, the hashtag, the comments... <coughs> All of it, please keep it spoiler-free for the manga. Yeah, please keep the discussion to these two episodes in particular. Beast, Titan, and I'm home. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, uh, talking about uh, the Titans, uh, I like that we pick up not exactly where we left off, because where we left off was kind of in epilogue mode up until that... Um, up until that twist, you know, that, mm-hmm. that very last teaser where you see the Titan in the wall. Right. I like that we have a little bit of time overlap with this episode yeah. to, to pick right up from that moment where they discover the Titan in the wall. And I wanted I wanna ask, what was the reaction when you saw the Titan in the wall and then had to wait two years to figure out what happened? Well, there was definitely someone on, I believe, it was either Twitter or Tumblr, where the episode break for that episode was that wall of text. That was that in-world oh, fable. Yeah. And someone screen-capped that and typed the whole thing up to read. And I remember hunting that down and reading it. Couldn't tell you what it said. It was years ago. But I remember hunting that down, reading it, and then talking with people and being like, guys, guys, why are there titans in the wall? And they're like, read the manga. And I'm like, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, this show, I actually was talking to somebody the other day who was saying that she was going to wait until this whole season was out because she can't handle the cliffhangers. The <laughs> <laughs> leave you on every single episode, or in this case, yep. it was like a five-year cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely like, oh, but at the same time, okay, yes, obviously, yes, it's shocking, but this show does stuff like that all the time. Yeah. So for me, I feel like it almost become desensitized, or I was like... 
Hey, sure. cool. There's there's another like crazy apparition of a titan. Sure. Just, like titans chilling in the, in the wall. wall. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense to me. Yeah. I love that this is just the day that doesn't end. Yeah. Yeah. This has been. And, this day has sucked. And this day has sucked for literally everybody, and we haven't even gotten to the part where we, fa- you know, where it's twelve hours earlier yeah. and find out what hap- what's happening with the rest of uh, the survey corps, yeah. or at least the one hundred and fourth. Yeah. So this. This is just a really, really sucky day for literally every single cast member this show has. Um, for me, I think the the most shocking thing outside of there actually being a Titan in the wall, because then you start like theorizing of like, oh, what does this mean? How how it, does this play into the the society? For me, the more shocking thing was that the priest of all people, Just Pastor Nick, knew about it, knew about it, and was willing to die to take the secret with him to his grave. Yeah. Like, yeah, the fact that he called that bluff was like, wow, that that is not something I was expecting an NPC to do. Yeah. Because he basically was an NPC before this prior moment. Prior to this, mm-hmm. anybody who worshipped the wall is just kind of one of those people you shrug and like, oh, they're the crazy cult people that mm-hmm. are just kind of weird and yelling about stuff. Yep. Well, and did you notice when he was getting dangled over the wall, he didn't <laughs> ask the wall to save him. He straight up went, all right, God, you and me. <laughs> you and me. <laughs> uh, went past worshipping the wall and went, all right, big guy, we're doing this. And speaking of, in both the, the new opening and in the, the ending, I feel like there's a lot of, there's always been a lot there's of religious... A dinosaur? <laughs> we yeah. should talk about that. But there's a lot of religious imagery in yeah. um, in both the new opening and the closing, where I'm, especially in the ending, I'm having a lot of trouble deciphering it and what it could mean um, symbolically and ending, what it means for the narrative. Oh, I think the ending is just purposefully esoteric. I, I think would it hope is so meant, because I can't make any sense. <laughs> I think it is meant to drive us straight up one wall and down the other. At this point, it I might be eating those words by the end of Mission the season. I don't yeah. know, but I think it is purposefully meant to be very, very esoteric. Yeah, uh, go ahead. I fast forwarded through the ending. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, feeding the dead guy to the children was the point where I was like, yeah, all right. The, you're, you're just purposefully messing with us at this point. The only reason I watched through it, to be honest, was to see the the preview at the end. Right, right. Yep. Um, but speaking of, we should probably talk about a little bit about the new opening. Yeah. Uh, and about the new song, which, again, by Linked Horizon, which yep. I think is wonderful. Um, and forgive me if I butcher the pronunciation on this. Shinzo wo uh, sageyo? Yeah, I totally butchered that. <laughs> uh, dedicate all your hearts, vaguely, is what it means in English. Ah, uh, um, what did you guys think of Link to Rising coming back for the the new oh, opening? Oh, come on. They yes, had to. They absolutely had to. Uh, when you have something that works, you keep it. Yeah. I love that this is a sister song to not only the original opening, but also Wings of Freedom. Mm-hmm. That, like, there are there are bits where you're like, that's from Wings of Freedom, and that's from the first one. Yeah. And this is completely new for this song. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's one of the things that overall Attack on Titan does extremely well, is its entire score is composed in a way that, like, pretty much all of the background tracks link together in some manner or another, and they certainly do that with their opening themes as well, um, which just kind of adds to this sort of overarching sort of Lord of the Ringsian epic. I can't can't wait for the last season because I'm sure that theme song is just going to be samples of every other theme song we've had at that point (laughs) remixed together. 
Yeah. It's, it's basically going to be Rockefeller's yeah, cake. I'm, but I'm, I'm curious to hear the full version of this song. Because Me if you too. listen to the full version of Flugel der Freiheit, uh, like it has stuff from the first opening in it. Like literally the, the chorus of and the first beautiful. opening is in it. It's so it's amazing. It's so beautiful. And, and yeah, so I can't wait until a full version of this song is released. I looked for it earlier today. If it's available, it's certainly not available uh, in the U.S. yet. But... Um, Chat if you found it, please link. send it, send it, to it our please, way. Please put a link in the hashtag EBTV Titan because I mm. looked. Please send it to me, um, and we're all just like, we need it. We need mm-hmm. it now. Um, I will say that I think I prefer the visuals from the previous two openings, though. I yes. like the visuals from this one. Um, and I, I <laughs> even kind of like the, um, you know, the getting ready for battle yeah. sort of motif. But the thing that really <laughs> threw everybody off, I think everybody on this panel, dinosaurs. dinosaurs? And I mean, I'm, like, I'm kind of getting the symbolism, like, when we flash from animal to animal to animal and we have all of those images of two animals, usually predator and prey, in some sort of combat, and it shows where the physical heart would be in each creature. And it flies, I mean, it goes really, really quickly. And then we got to that montage of the Beast Titan running with silhouettes of animals, and we see all the hearts in them. So I can kind of see well, where we're going symbolically. That doesn't make well, it not and weird. It's, it's the same thing with the um, with all of the new Survey Corps members, all of the cadets, you know, the the, yeah. the top ten that we've grown to know and love. Um, you see all their hearts, and then you, when Aaron turns into a Titan and he's fighting the Armored Titan, you see both of them having hearts as well. Yeah. So... There's a lot that you can read into with all that. It's still real weird to see dinosaurs. And Just a yeah. Parasaurophilus running by. Well, like, all right, that's and even cool. Talking about the ending again, it's really weird to see Titans coming out of the sea. So I feel like yeah. in this season we're gonna get a little bit more of the outside world, or because while Rose has been breached, mm-hmm. more of the outside world is going to be seeping into yeah. Uh, yeah. into the walls. Yes, uh, on uh, the topic of of things being weird and changing. <laughs> uh, uh, Chaos thirteen two one two says, "Was anyone else freaked out when the Titans started sprinting? Real like, weird. Yep." And it's it's always terrifying yeah. when, it, when a titan does something abnormal. Yeah, well, and Hassan says it was, like, really creepy the way that their bodies contorted when they were running, which I totally agree with. It was definitely that moment of, like, when, again, like, to bring it back to sort of zombie fiction, when you have, like, zombies that don't just kind of amble, like, when you have yeah, sprinting when, zombies. Yeah, when all of a sudden... Half of Z Nation. When you realize right. you're watching 28 Days Later instead of Night of the Living Dead, yeah. you're like, whoa, what yeah. happened? As long as it's not the Zack Snyder Night of the Living... Or, yeah, Dawn <laughs> they, of the Dead. Those, those guys yeah. definitely ran. Yes, they those guys they really ran. ran. Oh, chaos asking, they've only just run before. No, we... I remember having one Titan that just kind of leapfrogged. They've yeah. run before. Yeah, uh, they've, they've done some other. There are plenty of titans before. that have run, but the thing about it is that they're they, they were always running. Well, they always refer to a titan that does something out of the ordinary or unexpected as abnormal right. because they are such shambling zombies. Um, when one all of a sudden darts from where it was to a completely new location, um, seemingly for no reason, again, or leapfrogs up out of nowhere, that's a sign of a titan doing something abnormally, Mm -hmm. which is unexpected. You expect a titan to shamble and go to wherever humans happen to be. You don't expect one to just do a 90-degree angle and start running at you. And the fact that 
four, like what all of them? We had six or nine in Several this herd, of them and they all started at, just at sprinting. Once. Yeah, yeah, like oh, that <laughs> was really out of the ordinary. And I think with what we see there, we can, and what we see later in the episode, we can kind of postulate that maybe some of the titans, like this beast titan that we see maybe have a little bit more of, like, a psychic sway over other titans? Well, I already knew that the female titan could call other titans, so... But it's one thing to attract them with a call, and it's a completely different thing to be able to actually order them around. Well, and it could speak, and that's new, When we see this beast titan, it speaks English. Yeah. Uh, And I, I... It's the weirdest freaking thing seeing a titan that takes on more animalistic characteristics yeah. than human characteristics. Well, and it's especially yeah. shocking that the the one that looks more like a primitive animal is the one that has like a very thorough command of speech to yeah. the point yeah. that it can communicate in fully formed sentences not only with human beings but also as you say seems to hold some sort of sway over, over other titans. Other titans. And, like, you do have this moment with the Beast Titan uh, where, you know, he goes after the horse and he throws the horse, obviously. I was so mad at that. Like, how dare you? That's a perfectly good horse. Yeah, I definitely saw that coming. Uh, I mean, well, like, yeah, but he's walking make towards any less where mad. the horse is coming. It's, you can see it coming, but you, in true Attack on Titan fashion, you don't quite expect it to be as spectacularly awful yes. as it is. Yeah. Um, the animation in the show, when it, it chooses to be, is... Is absolutely stellar. Yeah. Well, even this when is it's also depicting terrible things. A titan that understands the concept of language. Because that moment of, I'm pretty sure we speak the same language. Why yeah. aren't you saying anything? It's like, okay, this is some higher level yeah, thinking going Mike. on here. Poor Mike. Oh, Mike. Oh, we hardly oh, knew that man. Random guy oh. who smelled people, but and that was his character. I will <laughs> say, in regards to Mike, though, I felt like in his interaction with the Beast Titan, like, there was a moment where, like, if he had just, like, let well enough alone and let the Beast... Like, the Beast Titan, to me, felt like it was a creature that was trying to learn. Yes. And then when he left Mike... Because he left him. He he wasn't going to kill him. Um... And then when Mike fought back, I felt like that was the moment that he screwed up. Like, I was so mad that he fought back. I was like, bro, this is not going to go well for you. Just stop. I honestly think that the Titans would have set on him the moment the Beast Titan was out of range I kind of agree with that. I feel like Mike was screwed from the get-go. I feel like there's a chance he could have bought himself some time if he had engaged in... If he hadn't been so scared um, that if he had engaged in conversation with the Titan. Um, Because Titan speaking, I feel like there was a bit uh, where a Titan spoke in one of the OVAs, like the Levi OVA, Mm -hmm. where we get one instance of a Titan speaking and somebody recording it down. But... Outside of that, there's never been any record of a Titan speaking, let alone so one. eloquently. Right. Elo- yeah. Well, and that's and and that's I think sort of to my point is that like there's cl- there's clearly a creature here that possesses a learning capability that is far superior well, to anything we've seen thus he far. He recognizes that the ODM gear is what allows him to be able to maneuver right. and fight Titans in the way that he does, and he recognizes that, oh, you have swords. That means you know exactly where we are. Right. That's so interesting. You know that we reside in the nape. Yeah. Which, is he talking about 
all titans? Who's or we? is he talking about simply smart titans like Annie and Aaron? Right. And didn't he also say, like, he picked up the ODM gear and said something along the lines of, I'm bringing this back. He yes, did. He, he did. said back where? Why? We don't <laughs> Where? To yep. whom? For what reason? Well, and, and that's the other thing is that we can assume that there is most, and and we can assume this too, just based on you know the fact that Annie was a traitor. That there are a group, yeah, there's some sort of organized group that is coordinating these attacks um, in a way that. I don't know, but yeah, I, I'm well, having we, a hard. We yeah. know that human titans are man-made. We got that from Aaron. Aaron well, is man-made. Yes, yeah. he's definitely man-made. Yeah, but we we still don't know whether something like this is a natural abomination. There's still there's still lots and lots of questions and lots of room for speculation. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and we still don't know the extent of these creatures' abilities either. Like, if he has sway over titans, is there more that he can do? And like, certainly. Again, his capacity for knowledge, too. Like, um, how inventive is a creature like this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, E.G. Uh, Nizuma in the chat said it was in the Ilsa Diary OVA, not the Levi one. That, okay. That there was the talking titan. Okay, yeah. yeah. I knew it was in one of the <laughs> It was OVAs. in one of them, exactly. <laughs> so, thank you uh, for that clarification. Thank you. I, I recommend at least watching that scene because it is... Much like most of Attack on Titan, it is horrifying, but it's really good. Um, And yeah, poor Mike. Uh, But yeah, I feel like if he had just talked to the Beast Titan to buy himself a little bit of time, he could have, he might have been able to at least get to a point where he... Right. I don't know. I was just I don't in know. my favor and put me back on the roof. I, yeah, I was just mad that, and I mean, and I understand why, because again, it's like, because so much of Attack on Titan really is about, like, the dissolution of humanity and, like, yeah. people's ability to function as, like, rational human beings. So, like, rational human being could have potentially at least survived a little longer, like, rational human being probably wouldn't have, like, gone crazy and attacked, but he just had it in his head of, like, no, as soon as we stop fighting, like, that's when we cease to be important. It's like, no, bro, come on. Well, and he's also (laughs) been half eaten by a titan at this point. Like, his legs are mangled, he's not going anywhere, and at that point, that's pain, and that's a ton of adrenaline. Yeah. So, that scrambles your... Well, higher thought and, processes. And to his credit, when he said that earlier, like only when we stop fighting, you know, do you know, do we lose? Mm-hmm. Um, that I mean, it was what his it was what his subordinates needed to hear yeah. in that moment, and that's like the core value of the Survey Corps or yeah. the, the Scout Regiment, whatever you oh, want to yeah. call them. I call um, them the, the Survey Corps because that's what it said in the Crunchyroll translation. Yeah, my shirt says <laughs> Scout Regiment. regiment. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so really, no one knows. <laughs> Maybe we just kind of Kanye shrug at Crunchyroll translations because they do fun things sometimes. I, I like what. Um, the abridged series did this is the survey recon legiment or something like that. They they just mushed oh all the God. names together. <laughs> um, I love the abridged series. It was spectacular. So um, but while we're talking about what's what's happening here, we also get to okay some of the neighboring villages, right? Well, and also before that, we have everyone from sort of like Aaron and Mikasan and Armin's cadet class, like yeah. everybody else who's still alive. Everybody who wasn't in the interior to take part mm-hmm. in the plan to capture Annie, right? All of them were shuffled away right. to this little corner. And- 
essentially been put under house arrest. Basically. You're in clean clothes. The people around here, they're fully armed, but they're watching us. Um, yeah, mm. and you have to you have to give credit to Reiner. He's the one that like notices like guys, this doesn't feel yeah, right. Yeah, we're not allowed to train. We're in our civilian clothes, and everybody else is in uniform and has their weapons ready. What is going on? Yeah. And the idea is that there was not necessarily a hundred percent chance that Annie was the Titan. Mm-hmm. There was always the chance that it was going to be somebody else. So they like shuffled everyone else away, so that in the event that she wasn't a Titan, they at least had their pool of other candidates. Right, yeah. but also, here is my problem with that. And I, they didn't really think this through. Because they're basically, they're all sitting there and they are not armed or anything. If one of them was the Titan, they don't need their gear. They really don't. They literally would just turn into the Titan and wreak havoc on everybody. So you probably want to arm the rest of them so you can potentially fight. But at that point, the jig is up. Yeah, but I'm saying, like... Speaking <laughs> of, does anybody think it's a coincidence that while Rose was breached the second the inside, you know, their inside man was compromised? No, of course not. No. <laughs> this is a coordinated effort yeah. with very, very smart opponents. And I like that Bertolt and Reiner are playing chess, because that's mm-hmm. essentially what's happening here, is we have one side, um, you know, moving pieces, and it it sucks so badly that, like... There isn't there some sort in the of instant communication device. What is happening? You Be- know what? We'll help you sneak out to see your family. Because yeah. it gets us out of here, yeah. and we have an excuse. Guys, send a raven or something. <laughs> <laughs> Come well, on. Guy riding by horseback <laughs> takes a long time. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of square... Kilometers, mileage, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot. Kilometers. Of, a lot of they're, they're in Germany. Yeah. So. <laughs> so kilometers, yeah. I think they're just in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> I, let's be real. Those three walls are most yeah. of Europe. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But um, most of the names are pretty German. So. Yeah. yeah. This section is definitely super German. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we kind of, we split everybody up. We have um, Connie, Bertolt, Reiner, and a couple other people going over to Connie's hometown because the Titans... Came, came from, from the, the south. south. And just the... I know the area. Uh, That's where my... Uh. I mean, you know there's trouble when both Sasha and Connie are like, yeah, my village is around here. How interesting from a narrative perspective yes. that you would point that out. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that this season is really exciting because we get to see development from these an- seemingly ancillary characters yeah. that we've grown to know and love over the first season and we get to see development from them because we knew they were going to be important. Right. But it, but when people like well, Marco I mean, they died... Didn't, they didn't kill him off, so... Yeah. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't kill them off. I mean, you know somebody like, you know, you can love one of these characters and then, you know, they could end up like Marco. Oh, oh yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, there was a little part of me that going into episode two when they went back to Connie's village at the very end, I was like, Connie may not make it past this episode. No. <laughs> um, but that needs to be our thought process going into every single true. episode. Like, well, they could die well, today. Well, let's true. talk about Connie going home before we uh, get into Sasha's story because... He has a mom and a dad and siblings that are in this town, and the town is just completely devastated by the time they get there. And he runs straight to his house, and there is a half-formed titan inside the house. Where, you know, again, what's nobody, left of the house? Crazy. Nobody else is in the town, and. If, there's if no look, way it could have walked there. The torso is about the same size the, as its head, well, and, and it's the got way, spindly little arms and legs. The way that it formed, 
it came from inside the house. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you look at the way the house is collapsed in on itself, this Titan came from inside. I the mean, Titan is coming from inside the house. It literally <laughs> had no way of walking. It had T-Rex arms and, like, the same thing for legs. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, the head is the only thing that's really Titan-sized, and the rest of it is just, I have a big head and little arms. I don't think this is very well thought out. Yeah. And... I mean, not to not to delve into predictions so early, but did you get a look at the Titans' eyes? They were bulgy, that's they all I were, remember. <laughs> if you look at the color of the eyes, it's very similar to Connie's eyes. Titan coming from inside his house mm. with his eyes. I don't think this is a good thing for Connie Didn't and we get a picture of his mom and dad? We did, very briefly. Yeah. Point being, I don't think this ends well for Connie. No, no. Again, it's one. it was the last thing in the episode. This is what they do every freaking episode. Cliffhanger! (laughs) Ugh, it's the worst. Um, But yeah, let's let's switch back over to Sasha. Oh my god. I I actually do want to, one other thing about Connie. Um, I love that his motivation for becoming a soldier was to basically prove everybody wrong. They told me I couldn't. Please be there so I can rub it in your faces. (laughs) I need to gloat. Um, But talking about his motivations, we still don't... I I like that you can infer a couple different things from Sasha's story about why she chose to become a soldier. Because she uh, and her her father were kind of... I don't want to say country bumpkins, but the, oh my gosh, the Crunchyroll subtitles were absolutely awful to them. Oh, man. Well, I think the original... uh, The original... uh, Wow, the original dub was, is that a Kansai accent? Kind of seen as, like, the South yeah. of Japan. Yeah, it's yeah. the, the like, Japanese equivalent of Or, like, an Osaka dialect. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's more, it's it's old country. But yeah. <laughs> if you guys watched on Crunchyroll, I don't know how the Hulu subtitles handled it, but the Crunchyroll subtitles were like, dang, nobody. Yeah, they were. <laughs> it was like, oh, man. Oh, these. But you know what? It got the point across. Yeah, it, it did. did. But it was also just like, oh, God. But <laughs> you see why she's so obsessed with food. And something I never really got from her in the first season was how kind of antisocial she was because she was a comedic relief character. Yeah, oh, actually, yeah. Uh, Mandalore in the chat says, I appreciate the fact that we get a good deal of development for Sasha and Connie in the second episode because up to this point, they have pretty much been vacant comic relief. They, they've well, been comic relief who have for whatever reason, decided to stick it out yeah. in the survey corps. Well, well and, and for the first season, we have all this plot that we have to impart, and we have our main <laughs> characters yeah. who are going to be really important and the main mystery this yeah. first arc that draws you in. So it makes sense that this, now that we've stepped back from who is the female Titan, what's going on, now that we've stepped back and look at the other half of the equation, which is there's Titans inside the wall, oh God, oh God, split the party and warn people. It makes sense that this is when we're able to go back and focus on people now that we're starting to get individual episodes for them. Yeah. So, like, I'm I'm down. It was a long time coming, but I'm down. Yeah. I'm so excited. I, um, Hassan says, why are there Southerners in old Europe? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, the a, point was it's country people. Country people. I mean, they were going right. for deep it, Ozarks flyover state. Right. I mean, it, it really, if it we're really more <laughs> accurate to Europe, it should have been more like England and then like more common folk with a cockney accent. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, or 
like Scottish. I don't people. know. I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the uh, English equivalent of that of like country would sort of be. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, like Birmingham, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Cockney, extremely yeah. what they consider. But low I mean, class. I don't know what years these are supposed to ta- be taking place in the world. Matter? It really uh, doesn't. Yeah, it does matter because in the novel Dracula, which took place in the 1800s, there was a Texan. <laughs> A Texan made his way out there, and he was the best character in that damn book. Yep. yep. <laughs> Not important. Uh, but and, so, uh, okay. Do you just want a Texan in Attack on Titan? We have Attack on Texan for a yeah. little bit. Attack on Texan. <laughs> um, AG uh, Nizuma in the chat says, Sasha's father is Foghorn Leghorn. Um, <laughs> well, I say, yeah. I say. <laughs> Oh, so, you are the best thing I could have asked for. <laughs> but I, I love what he had to say, though, basically, because Sasha's, yeah. like, having none of it after, um, after you know, the incident at Wall Rose. She's like, why are all these people encroaching on our land? Like, it's their fault. They should have taken care. Like, because they were ostracized for living out in the woods in the first place, and mm-hmm. she resented people for a long time. Well, and it was interesting. It was interesting too because when you first saw her at the beginning of episode one or twenty six overall, like she basically, said, they were all kind of talking about. She and Connie were talking about like leaving their hometowns, and and Sasha was like, "My family told me not to come back until I'm normal." <laughs> it was literally what the translation was. <laughs> yep. And we have to wonder, so was her, and especially this wonderful flashback with her and him hearing, yes. um, Krista? Krista, yeah. yeah. Um, it's been several years. I know. So I was like, I'm not going to remember any of these characters' names, but I, I surprisingly I, did. I'm actually very surprised yeah. at how many I remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I loved the flashback where, like, to overcompensate from her roots, she she takes on an overly polite yes. pattern of speech. Um, and Emir calls her out on that. She's like, look, just speak like you would speak. Just be yourself. And I love that there's merit in both what she and Krista have to say. I totally agree yeah. with you. Because Emir's just like, just be yourself. Who cares? Like, quit being a phony. And Krista's like, hey, she is allowed to make her own decisions, and I happen to like her. Mm-hmm. Sasha can be whoever she wants to be. Yeah. And there's merit in both arguments. Yeah. Like, she should, like, it's a combination of she doesn't have to be ashamed of where she came from, but if she wants to create a new identity for herself, she can. Yeah. That's I mean, there's 100% a her prerogative. There's a difference between be yourself and be yourself, damn it. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of where we were. Be yourself because in this one. I say so. Exactly. <laughs> be the version of you that I want. Want to see <laughs> right, right, but um, but like at the same time, it's that is like a cherished memory for her. Like, it, in a way, it bonded her with both of them. Yeah, in a, in a very unique way. Well, because she does, she like thinks of it as she's like arriving in her village. Like, it's such a weird... And she even has a weird moment of being like, why... Why do I keep thinking why of this? Why do I think of this... Why do I think of this right now? Like, so. I'm about to possibly die. Why is this the yeah, thing okay, that's running through my mind? she barely bed? makes it into her village, by the way. She makes it to... First of all, it's a different village than yeah. she left. Yeah, well, like, this is new. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and she arrives and walks in, and literally, like, the first house in town, there is a titan... Just nomming on a person. A titty titan. A very little little titan. With a a weird mustache. I'm going to be real with you. Uh, (laughs) I thought for a second that that was just straight up the husband. (laughs) (laughs) No, for for a second I thought that too. It was just this moment of, 
Cause okay, like, so we just walked into like the hills have eyes yes. or something. He's like an eight foot tall titan. Yeah, That's which like is so real small for a titan. Yeah. So I thought I was like, oh god, it's like the it's titan. cannibalism, <laughs> man. It's cannibalism. <laughs> and it's cannibal holocaust, and this poor girl is just stuck it's in the terminus, of it. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I love though when it turns, and I feel so bad for her because even though this is like such a serious moment. Moment. Sasha still finds a way to still be that really like comedic mm-hmm. character, but it's not funny. Yeah. When the axe flies out of her hands, like they could have played that up for laughs in a very anime way, and they don't. Instead, she we're all screams here going, in terror. Yeah. And the whole audience is like, oh no, oh no, 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 you need that. And when the horse runs away too, she's like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. That could have been scary. played for laughs too. Yeah. Um, but that is a genuine moment of, why? Why did you do that? Yeah. See, and you can play someone's mm. terrible situational luck <laughs> as really funny, which is what it's mostly been. Right. But it's also established her terrible situational luck. So now it's unfolding in this dramatic fashion where there's no one else there. Yeah. She has to be the responsible adult and help this small child because, as the child said, everyone knew mom's legs were bad and no one came <sighs> oh to help. Oh my god, that was awful. Uh, uh, and then for me, like, oh, well, the kid showed up and said there was someone else in the village, so we came back. And yeah. I'm like, oh, you mean the child that everyone else <laughs> abandoned? To be fair. Did anyone think to ask where her mother was? To be fair, <laughs> These guys didn't come from the village. They had been going around trying that's, to give horses that's to people. Very true. Yeah, exactly. Sasha's dad was on his like horse distribution mission. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I want to talk about dad a little bit. Yeah. Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah, yeah, I want to talk about Foghorn Leghorn a little bit because Foghorn Leghorn is surprisingly forward thinking. For a dad who's essentially raising his kid in the woods. Like, you expect someone like that to be extremely set in their ways and Mm -hmm. extremely, this is how we do it, this is how we've always done it. But Sasha's the one that's more like, we need to stay here and live the way our ancestors lived. Because she was young. That's not necessary. Because she's young and was raised that way. And he's the one that very much has the it takes a village mindset of... Look, it's not their fault that this happened to them. We need to yes. help them. You need to be there for people when they need you. And that way, when you need people, they will be there for you. Yeah. And we saw that come through with this little girl. Yeah. Who was able to bring back help for her. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I thought that Sasha's dad was portrayed in a very, again, like very sort of and progressive and, yeah. and, and yeah. sympathetic way. It's like you. He is, he's like a genuinely good person, which you would not, hard to find, necessarily expect of somebody that's like hiding out in the woods. You you (laughs) wouldn't think that of the country dad stereotype, and yet here we are, straight up saying, I would rather give up my traditions (laughs) than give up my family. Especially with the dads that we've seen so far in this series. (laughs) Like, dad who who made Annie join this cause, you know, presumably, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, father of the year for Mr. Yeager. (laughs) Second to only Kendo Ikari, let's be real. (laughs) Oh my god. Second worst Mm -hmm. anime dad, and that's only because Gendo Ikari exists. I don't know, man. (laughs) Aaron, get in the Titan. (laughs) Professor Tomoe is pretty bad. Bad too. Oh, pretty bad. Oh, we've got a close race for these three. <laughs> Hohenheim. I'm going to throw in Hohenheim for the fourth. Oh God. <laughs> oh. So yeah, given the litany of shitty anime dads, <laughs> it's kind of amazing that we have an anime dad in this series of all places right. going. No, this is wonderful. Like. 
you're a really good dad. Yeah. You have bucked like every stereotype that we thought you would and, have. Well done. And that's why I wonder, I'm like, did she join um, the Academy specifically because her parents made her? Like, like she kind of said, it, again, in a very comedic mm-hmm. fashion earlier, or did she join to try to live up to that ideal? You know, uh, because it was yeah. one of those things where, you know, he kept insisting, hey, are you really afraid of people that much? Was this, like, something she felt she had to do to overcome her fear of connecting with other people? I don't know, because, I mean, it was literally through connecting with another person in this episode that, like, she managed to come out on top. Because it was one of those things where, you know, she came into the village and immediately found that woman being eaten by the Titan. And so she tried to kill the Titan. It did not work. You know what would have helped? Her gear! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just throwing that out there. Great plan, Irvin. Servacon uh, in chat says, man, this show needs social services. <laughs> and Ant, God bless, says, don't forget show Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 Talking about a beast titan. Oh, uh, oh. But anyway, and so then, but then like Sasha's the entire titans. thing becomes focused on the girl. Like she doesn't show up and is like, oh, I need to see if I can find my dad. She's like, nope, we gotta get this girl out of here. We gotta go. The, uh, just that, like, <laughs> leave. I mean, and the the crowning moment of badass in this episode was where she threw away the bow and oh, then and just stabbed, stabbed the titan in the eye and then used that same maneuver to get away. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I literally Sasha can't fight with a bow and arrow. Oh, yeah. Like, oh. I literally can't afford to miss. All right, let's do can't this. Can't <laughs> afford to miss. Gotta do it. Um, and not to mention that the music in this show, it's been several years since I've listened to the soundtrack proper mm-hmm. outside of the opening themes um, and like Reluctant Heroes and things like that. But man, did it hit me when I started hearing the music within her flashback going into the her fight with that Titan. Like, it, I was like, this is, it's just as effective as it was four years ago. Yeah. It's super effective. Yeah. Yep, it was super effective. Um, the only other thing I want to touch on before we go into news and gossip and predictions is I do want to touch on uh, Mikasa and Aaron and uh, Armin a little bit. Oh, okay, yeah. Just very briefly. Well, because they weren't really doing they weren't, too much. They weren't really in these episodes. <laughs> They've already had a terrible day. Let's give them a breather. Yeah. Like, we're going to throw I them in the like car with the priest and their boss and just kind of look at everyone awkward. really I love that Hachi too was like, yep, this is my best friend, Priest Nick. <laughs> oh, and everyone's just after like, threatening uh, to murder him, she's like, I was Joking, we're like buds. Maybe he knows something that is a bigger and worse truth than the fate of humanity. Like, like, holy cow, dude! For one, that's a weird thing for anybody to fathom. Two, that's a like for for any member of the survey corps who are taught that humanity, like they are humanity's Mm -hmm. last stand, and that humanity, right? uh, To make the world meanwhile, your walls are just made out of titans, like and potentially titan skin. We got that observation from Armin, yeah, yeah. um, And I love that he made the observation that the the gate that was breached is different from the wall, and so it's like, why would they attack? Walls where there are titans. Like, why would that be a thing? And also, why are there titans? In the the breach was the gate, and the gate was man-made. Exactly. There's a a distinct difference. And I love whenever you get a wide shot of the wall, and you see just how thick it is, and just how many different, like, columns there are. How many titans there are. You start to do the math, and you're like, oh, dear. Yeah, Um, because you do have to wonder, like, how how did they build these walls? They're awesome. Awfully tall. Yeah. Um, I'm still betting that this is a scrap princess style social experiment. Mm-hmm. 
I that's entirely possible. Um, it could be an experiment gone wrong. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as Aaron and Mikasa go, we get this lovely little moment of um, her holding onto the scarf, and I love that he was like, "I'll get you a new one." She's like, "No, yeah. I'm cool with this one. I, I like this one. It's <laughs> it's fine the way it is." Sentimental value. Yeah. I want to know, Emma, where do you land on the do you ship oh, them or I not? I do not at all. <laughs> no, they Bam. are brother and sister. I hate. I hate this trope that is very common in Japanese storytelling, so I don't know why I like anime so much. (laughs) A lot of the time in anime uh, and in JRPGs, they end up with these romances between characters that were raised as brother and sister, but aren't actually brother and sister. No, No, thank you. I do not ship Eren and Mikasa. I ship Eren with many other people, none of whom are women. There, I said it. I want the short list. Like, right now. Like, mostly Armin and Levi. <laughs> Come on, Armin is in love with Aaron, guys. Power dynamics the shit. Yep. Dear God. Yep. There's a, there's Four a lot we can... cleaning things. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> cleaning everything. We can talk a lot about, like, because um, uh, there, were, there were a lot of theories that actually Annie had a big crush on Armin, and that's one of the reasons why she kind of fell for yeah. his little ruse. And so... So yeah, I'm down. we'll mm-hmm. talk about ships later on this season for sure. <laughs> I'm sure we, we could have um, had it all. They had the same haircuts, you know. <laughs> in the meantime, really quick, we have some news and gossip to discuss, as well as some very quick Ooh. rapid fire predictions. So as we alluded to, I think earlier uh, in this in this episode, we are only getting twelve episodes this season, and we can, I feel like we could devote an entire twenty minute discussion as to why that is. But the long and short, as far as the the rumor mill goes, is that the reason for that is one. Uh, we have a very small studio that has been working on Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. Two, they had to allow the manga to get to a certain point. Three, they've been working on a lot of other Attack on Titan properties, a lot of stuff like that. But the the reason that seems to be the point of discussion, mostly for a lot of people, especially after a four-year wait of going like, why are we only now getting 12 episodes? Mm-hmm. The point of discussion has been um, anime schools closing in Japan and the the generally speaking the um the workforce diminishing because it's not really great conditions they don't pay animators very well yeah and i wanted to get your guys's take do you guys think that there's any merit to that or do you guys think that like maybe it's just it was just a creative decision as far as a small independent studio well goes? i mean it is a small independent studio and i also think it was one of those things that you know when they animated the first season of Attack on Titan, I don't think they knew how popular it was going to be. I mean, especially in in the West, if you will. Uh, Because again, it's like, it is, it's a very gruesome subject matter. It is sort of gratuitously violent, and I, yeah, I I don't think that anybody expected it to be It was going to take off to to the point that it has. And I, you know, obviously, like, they animated um, they did another series, Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, which if you haven't seen, I highly recommend. It's really, really good. I think it's still on Amazon Prime. Um, It's sort of like zombies on a train. But it's more complicated than that. But that's sort of the, that's sort of the general. <laughs> that sounds that's awesome. It is. It's really good. They didn't um, also do a Seraph of the End, did they? I do not. Is that the one I was thinking mm, of? Maybe. That, that might be the same creator as anyway, Attack on Titan. Um, so I think that, you know, a lot of it was that they did really want to do this series justice. And I think that rather than, you know, trying to animate another 25 episodes, which is obviously, like, a lot of work, 
that you know they they want to keep it in house and they want to really give it the treatment that it deserves. And if all they have are the resources for twelve episodes, that's what we're gonna get. Yeah. Well, and it's also with it being a very plot heavy manga, not going to the point of outstripping the manga because. We've seen, I can come up with some real good examples of going past where the manga is tends to murder the anime very badly. And when you have a plot-heavy manga like this one, it's something that you don't want to work too far ahead, you don't want to spoil, you don't want to do Naruto and have 8,000 episodes of filler in between plot arcs. And yeah, the anime industry in Japan has been a rough one for... A long time. Like, it's straight-up masochism to be in it because it's not profitable. The working conditions are not good. And it's... They don't make a heck of a lot of money because anime piracy is a huge thing. It's a huge problem. And, I mean, and even, like, Toei will, like, outsource their animation a lot of the time now, which is why you see the animation quality declining in things like Dragon Ball Super and in Sailor Moon Crystal because it's, like, they're just not... They're it's not just not there. In, yeah, it, to the point where well, you can literally tell. Here's the in-house team, and yeah. here's the outsource <laughs> yeah. team, and it varies by episode. Yeah. Well, and there have also even outside of the animation industry, there have been studies um, about Japan as a whole. Uh, it is the fastest aging population because um, you know people aren't having as many families, you know, as they as they were back in the day. So there, there, and that ties into a lot of things in various industries in Japan. So we want to get your guys's take on. Uh, that as well. Uh, let us know what you think. Um, let's go into some real quick rapid fire predictions. Woo. After Buzz TV predictions. We're all gonna die. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Uh, I don't trust the priest. Uh, <laughs> don't trust nobody with nothing. Yeah, yeah. That, that that that's it. That's the series. Uh, what did we get from the preview of the uh, second? We episode? got you know more in Connie's village, and we got a shot of a lot of the members of the Survey Corps. Uh, in like under attack at night, uh, which is weird um, because aren't Titans solar powered? Weren't they doing experiments on that? Um, some of them are. Some of them are definitely, and and definitely the ones that are inside the wall are definitely affected by sunlight. But according to Hanji's experiment, not all of them. Not all of them. Not okay. all of them. Some of them still very much, you know, remain very active after the sun goes down. Um. So yeah. I, I thought fighting titans in general was scary. Fighting titans in the dark, terrifying. Yeah. Attack on Titan. I know this is. Dark. I was going to say this is like the opposite of Legend of Zelda, where like if you're wandering around the maps of Hyrule during the daytime, like you're kind of okay, but nighttime it's like skeletons, oh. like skeletons Those everywhere. Dead everywhere. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, it's terrifying. Um, so really quick, I want to go ahead and let you guys know that if you haven't already done so, please go to iTunes to rate and subscribe, leave Woo-hoo. a comment. We love hearing from you, and it is the best way to let our producers know that you guys like the show that we're putting on, that you guys like when we cover anime shows, mm-hmm. which BTW, Attack on Titan, was the first anime show we ever <laughs> yes. covered here on After Buzz. And if you guys do, you might even get a shout-out on the show. We actually got two over the course oh, cool. of our seven over the course of the hiatus. <laughs> it was a long one, hiatus. One more please by uh, the big Jay Warner, uh, who gave us five stars, and random by the cute Kenochi, who also gave five stars. Thank you guys so, so much. So remember, leave a comment. Ray, uh, we love hearing from you guys. And yeah, you'll get a shout out on the show. I think that just about does it for this week, for guys. For sure. Um, any other final thoughts? Uh, for the people who think that I was talking about FMA when I said that anime ruined the manga, no, guys, no. The first FMA anime was good. 
Chrono Crusade. I was gonna uh, say. Uh, you want to uh, hit my trauma button? Chrono oh, Crusade honey. anime. Oh dear. Yeah. So bad. Um, and I would like to say that even though people in the chat are correcting me, saying that Aaron and Mikasa only lived together for a year uh, before they joined the military, it doesn't matter. Still, still don't raise the siblings. Still does weird. Not, <laughs> still weird. Does not matter. Um, well, guys, thank you guys so so much for tuning in. Katie, where can people go if they want to find you? You can find me all over the social medias and on YouTube at Kiaje. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. Samurai Jack is Sundays at 8 p.m. Obviously, we're here to, on Mondays at 8 p.m. Iron Fist is Tuesdays at 6. Arrow is coming back next week, I believe, on I think Wednesday. so. It's just taking the world's <laughs> longest hiatus because it feels like it. And I'm a regular on Geek and Sundry's Gather Your Party on Friday night. So... Do the thing, win the stuff. Uh, I'm Emma Fife. I can be found all over the internet at my name, Emma Fife, E-M-M-A-F-Y-F-F-E. Big news today out of uh, Collider TV Talk. We are trying an experiment the week of May 1st through 5th, so that is that Monday through Friday. We are going to be doing uh, live episodes of TV Talk every day at 8 o'clock a.m. Pacific Time slash 11 (laughs) o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time, or, uh, yeah, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Yeah, so please, please, guys, if if you like watching me do stuff, if you like what I do, please Please, please tune into that. Um, we're going to be covering everything. All the DC superhero shows will be back. Fargo, uh, Better Call Saul, I, all kinds of stuff. I, and usually I, I am there to be the voice uh, for the sort of anime, animation side of things. But uh, if, if it goes well and we get really good numbers, uh, basically with the live views as well as the after-the-fact YouTube views, uh, then it will continue to be daily for the foreseeable future, which would be really good for me. So uh, nice. please check that out. Uh, also, on uh, 9 o'clock p.m. every Friday night at twitch.tv slash hyperrpg. That is hyperrpg. Twitch channel. Be sure to check out Pencils and Parsecs. It is a Star Wars RPG that I partake in, and it is really fun. That sounds <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, guys, don't forget to follow Alexis at Atorres890, and I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I am also on a bunch of shows here at After Buzz, and I write articles for the Movie Chick. That's Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. Thank you guys so, so much for tuning in. We will see you all next week! From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 